Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. My guest today is Dr. Courtney Luking, Extension Professor and Specialist in Food, Nutrition, and Health. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, Mindy. It's great to be here. Well, I'm excited that we are going to be talking about the ninth edition of Dietary Guidelines for Americans that was just released last December, right? They are finally here. And honestly, I would have missed it had I not paid attention to my Twitter feed. (laughs) So I can't believe it's the ninth edition. I feel like I must be old if the ninth edition has just come out. (laughs) No, I have strong visions of those early, early images of the food guide pyramid. (laughs) Yeah, really. I I remember when there were just four food groups. I'm excited that we are talking about the ninth edition. So tell me, first of all, what are the dietary guidelines and what do we have inside? The dietary guidelines are science-based advice on what to eat and drink to promote health, help reduce risk of chronic disease like diabetes and heart disease, and to meet our nutritional needs. To your point, at least every five years, the United States Department of Agriculture and Department of Health and Human Services are required by law to review science and update guidelines. So you indicated you remember four food groups. That's right. We now have five and then more information. And so they are evolving. And this is because it's it's a requirement to kind of go back and see what have we learned and what does that mean for what we should do now in order to promote health through the foods and drinks that we have. That's great. And so what do the most recent guidelines say? This time, there are four guidelines, and many of them sound quite familiar to previous versions. Okay, I'll kind of quickly go over the four guidelines, and then we can dig into each of them a little bit separately. So the first one is to follow a healthy dietary pattern at every life stage. The second is to customize and enjoy nutrient-dense food and beverages to reflect your personal preferences, your cultural traditions, and budgetary considerations. Third is to focus on meeting food group needs with nutrient-dense foods and beverages and staying within calorie limits. And the fourth one is to limit foods and beverages higher in added sugars, saturated fat, sodium, and to limit alcohol. All right. So you said some of those sound familiar. Definitely limiting that that added sugar is a familiar one. But Mm -hmm. I do like that they are adding in the cultural component that we've not heard before, right? Yes. So let's talk about that one first. And this really struck me. It was in the previous version of the guidelines, but it wasn't necessarily a featured point. So I'm excited that it is a more prominent guideline this time. And what it's saying is that the guidelines are essentially a framework that can and should be personalized to individual needs. So this includes people's cultural patterns, you know, based on where you grew up or how you were raised and what are your food budgets? How much money can you spend on food? And also honoring our personal preferences. 
Beans were always um, something that were included in that protein. And I personally just don't like beans. So I don't have to feel bad about not eating beans, right? Exactly, exactly. They are they are a great nutrient-dense food. And exactly. It's I a great example of that, meaning that it gives you more nutrition bang for the energy buck. But mm-hmm. if you don't like it, you don't like it and that's okay. And they are very cost-effective as well, but I just cannot stand the texture of them in my mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> There are many other options and that's what the, the guidelines are saying. Yes. So I'm, I'm excited to, that that one's being highlighted more this time mm-hmm. around. That's exactly right. So what are key differences from previous versions? So one of the key differences is the notion of following a healthy dietary pattern at every life stage. And so before the guidelines were only appropriate for those age two years and older. So it covered most individuals in our country, but it missed Mm -hmm. those critical periods of growth and development during prenatal. So when a woman is pregnant, infancy, toddlerhood, and during that time that a woman uh, might be breastfeeding. Okay. And so what they're talking about with dietary patterns, this has been one of the changes over time. We used to focus on specific nutrients like fat or carbohydrates or protein Mm -hmm. or even specific vitamins or minerals. But now we really want to look at the combinations of foods and drinks because we don't just eat yogurt or we don't just eat vegetables. Um, So it's really on how we piece all of these foods together and and realizing that it's never too early, nor is it ever too late to start making small or large changes to eat more healthfully. I remember from a podcast past when Dr. Heather Norman Bergdorf talked about how when we put yogurt with fruit, it helps our bodies to process the nutrients in both of those better. And that's really stuck out for me. And so this version helps us to really process that better, doesn't it? Yes, that's a great example of kind of the power of the foods that we eat. How do the dietary guidelines for Americans impact us? This is a good question because we think about a document coming from a federal agency. Does this right. really matter for me? And what actually happens, this, these recommendations become the foundation for federal nutrition programs as well as policies. So things like the National School Lunch Program right. or the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Some people might know that as food stamps previously. Mm-hmm or the Women, Infants, and Children program. So it decides kind of what those key foods that are going to promote health that should be served or available to different groups and people. The guidelines also are targeted at health professionals and people who administer nutrition programs. So it it ensures a consistent message across the country. And so really wanting to make sure that all people have access to healthy foods. Okay. Okay. I I love this. I think it's going to be a great addition. Um, I'm always excited. I'll just point out really quick that some of the things that were the same, because you talk about healthy choices, some of the things that were the same are the food groups. So when we talk about nutrient-dense foods, Mm -hmm. um, where do you get the most nutrition for energy? And that will come from your vegetables, a variety of colors, your fruits, making sure that they're whole fruit rather than juice. Right. Picking a variety of grains, having at least half of those whole grains. So like your brown rice or your oatmeal, and then also including protein foods that can come from fat-free or low-fat dairy that can be cow's milk or fortified soy products. 
Um, and finally, just the whether it's plant protein sources like nuts or seeds or soy, um, but also animal sources like eggs and seafood and, and poultry and lean meat. So those are very, very similar to pro- what you all to might have had before. before. Yeah, right. Yep. Sure. Well, thank you, Courtney, for coming on and talking to us about these dietary guidelines for Americans because they are an important building block for how we choose what we eat. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And if anyone wants more information, we can be sure to share the link to myplate.gov. They've got some nice kind of consumer friendly pieces to walk people through the recommendations for the specific stages of life. I think you said that uh, you might be a little bit of a nerd about these things. And I am too. (laughs) I'm excited to see what the new guidelines say and how I can make better choices for my family. And of course, our listeners can always visit their local extension office and get more information about how to choose the foods that are going to to make the best impact on their bodies. Absolutely. As I said, thank you for joining us. And to our listeners, I hope that uh, you will join us again on Talking Facts. We are available wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.